0: And a great golf morning to you. Welcome to the show. The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is brought to you by Mizuno Golf. Reach beyond. By CPOMS Resort. Become a member at CPOMS.com. By Club Car, the leader in sport, utility, and personal vehicles. By RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, giving back to our community. And by Bridgestone Golf. Get fitted today for your new Tour B ball. On the show, we're going to talk to Dr. Mo Pickens. Sports Psychologist with the Sea Island Golf Performance Center about what do we do when our round is not going well? And I mean not going well at all, in the tank, so to speak, and plus his thoughts on Zach Johnson being named Ryder Cup captain for 2023 in Italy. And next we'll talk with artist Linda Harto of Hilton Head about how she got into painting golf's greatest holes and how long it takes her to do each one. And then finally we'll talk with Paul Claxton. Laxton, Georgia, about his career on the PGA Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour, and what he is doing now. But first up is Dr. Mo Pickens of the Sea Island Golf Performance Center. Dr. Mo and I talked about how to think differently when our round is in the tank, even on the first few holes.
1: Well, the first thing I would say is you probably need to get a little more specific. Most amateurs, when they're not playing well, um, they get frustrated and they get emotional and then that causes them to be basically a little lazy or a little sloppy with what they're doing so they're now they're just trying to hit the fairway versus picking no i'm gonna hit it right at the right edge of that bunker or i'm gonna hit it right at that tree limb or whatever whatever's good target or they're hitting putts and they got a, a five footer and they've already missed a few five footers and they're basically just praying that the ball goes in which is not going to work um, Billy Graham said the only place his prayers weren't answered was on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you got to be specific and like, no, I'm trying to hit this left edge, you know, and make sure that you're being specific because then you can at least evaluate it. Most people, uh, amateurs especially, when they when they're not playing well, they just evaluate it was a good hole or a bad hole or it didn't go in or based but, on know, their score, based on their score or just the result of the ball, right. Pros are evaluating, did I hit that exactly where I want to or did I start that putt online? Because if they started that putt online, then they can know, okay, well, I I didn't pull or push that. I actually misread it. A lot of amateurs, when they miss a putt, they don't know if they misread it, if they pulled it or pushed it, if they got the speed wrong. You have to do more specific things on the front end so that you can commit to something because then that's the only way you can have proper evaluation on the back end If you actually did what you intended to do so
0: all right but most amateurs are focusing more on the negative Mm -hmm. than your pros would yeah and when you focus all on the negative there's not much positive that can come out of that
1: well yeah and so (laughs) and and that's a normal thing in the sense of it makes sense if you didn't get what you wanted um we tend to get negative but at least you can be identifying where the problems are because if you, if you can't identify the root cause of the problem, the read or the speed, then it's going to be very hard to improve that. So at least if for amateur golfers, if they knew, I actually started that where it's going, but it keeps going on the high side, then, you know, you're either hitting it too hard, right? Right. Or you're picking the wrong line. So you got to move your line down. You got to, you know, take a little speed off, um, and you got to kind of make a commitment to i'm going to stay positive about what i'm trying to do and not put all of my emotions into just the ball went in the fairway or it didn't or the ball went in the hole or it didn't right um you know and and you know let's face it a lot of amateurs they go out and they haven't put in a lot of mental prep at all they're just kind of hoping to play good and so i would tell them to Do what the pros do, which is be more specific, like, hey, I'm going to have great tempo today. I'm not going to get technical, and I'm going to be committed to my putts. Or have two or three things that you're really going to commit to, and then you can evaluate them versus just, well, I hope I have a good day. Because that's not a plan at all. Yeah.
0: Well, sometimes it's a plan, but it's not a plan that has much success, <laughs> no. to be honest with you. No. All right, let's talk about your new website. You're pretty yeah. excited about it.
1: I'm very excited about it. So for years, uh, you know, I've had students come see me, and, and they'll come back. But most st- students see me a few times a year. So now I have a way for them uh, in between sessions uh, to keep up with what we've done or for students that are thinking about to come here to kind of check it out before they get here. So it's uh, drmolearn and it's basically a set of videos that you would receive once you sign up there's some trial videos you actually get the first month free so so go on and get the first month free and see what it is but it's basically the things that i teach players uh, now captured in six to ten minute videos and they're all about three areas either your own course process and your thinking uh, your practice and prep and what you're doing there to get ready for competition or things that might be going on off the course, Um, you know, like some of that mental prep, those types of things. So uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, There's some great interviews. It's not just myself. There's some great interviews uh, already on there uh, from Zach Davis. I'm going to get other guys on tour. I'm going to get caddies talking about, you know, hey, what does it take for you and your player to be great when you're coming down the stretch? So, yeah, go check it out, drmolearntowin.com. And I think you'll find – uh, a lot of things that you can read in books and you can see other places, but really seeing them live kind of brings it to life better. So,
0: And there's a lot of people that they could read it and totally not remember it mm-hmm. and visually and hearing learn better that way.
1: Yeah. And, and they can do that. And the, and the nice thing about it is, you know, like everything today, it's available on your phone. So literally you can have good thinking from me uh, as, you, as a teacher for you uh, in your pocket. And so you can literally be on the fourth hole at Seaside and, you know, be like, God, I'm struggling off the tee and hopefully get on your phone and go find something about what you need to do mentally to, to be better off the tee. Now, it's going to be delivered in a monthly format, so that may not be in the first month, but eventually you're going to have basically your own personal library of somewhere probably between 150 and 200 videos. Wow where you can go back and really, you know, um, pull up what you want when you want. So that's the idea.
0: And the website again is?
1: And the website again is drmolearntowin.com. Just D-R-M-O-LearnTowin.com.
0: All right. Let's talk about another guy that you've worked with for quite a while. Mm-hmm. A Masters winner, open winner at St. Andrews going back this year. Uh, Zach, yep. been named Ryder Cup captain for 2023. Uh, how excited were you about it, and obviously, how excited was he?
1: Yeah, extremely excited. I mean, we knew he was in the kind of, if you want to say, final running for a while because the players uh, they have a committee now, and, and they've been discussing it, you know, pretty much ever since the last one um, finished. And um, but when it was you know officially announced, that was just it was a lot of fun. Got to go to a dinner that night, the Monday night uh, when he was. It was right after Honda, so that was back in late February. Um, and there's not a lot a ton of prep to do the first year. Uh, there's a lot for him to just he's got to make some decisions in terms of, you know, what they're going to do in terms of the team room and how they want things set up and and anything that needs to be produced or created. But a lot of the work will be next year um, because now they have six automatic uh, picks and then six captain's picks. So. Once he decides on the other vice captains, uh, a lot of next year uh, we'll be, you know, looking at players, playing practice rounds with guys and, and trying to see how he wants to put that team together. So my job's really going to be keep him focused on his own golf because uh, he's still trying to play and compete. And But yeah, he, he's really excited. I'm super excited. and um, And I know he'll be a great leader.
0: And talk about a change in schedule. I mean, you're right. Trying to get him focused on his own game, uh, and trying to think about what's ahead. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a lot going on up there.
1: That's a lot going on, uh, and um, it's different. You know, for every guy that goes through it. You know, the nice thing about it is he's good friends with um, you know some of the prior captains. Really good friends with Stricker, and so I'm sure he'll lean on him a lot, Davis. Be able to go back to both of those guys, and um, and they've gotten the system down better now that they have this players' committee, and and there's more kind of uniformity to how they go about it. So, um, but but yeah, it, it will be a challenge.
0: All right, getting back to the uh, the Ryder Cup and Zach, uh, have you seen a list of possibilities, and was my name on it?
1: Just missed the, um, the you know, the 200th guy, I think. Yeah, I think. I think you're 201st. Hey, I'd be so. happy to be 201. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we hadn't gotten into any list. Um, obviously, you know, we had a really good team uh, this past time, and, and a lot of those guys are young, so I would anticipate a lot of the same younger guys being on the team. Um, but you never know uh, exactly where people's games are going to be, and, and golf is such a goofy game. Um And, I mean, if you just take a player that in the past five years everybody's familiar with, you know, in Jordan Spieth, at times, you know, it Mm. looks like he can beat anybody in the world, and then at times it looks like, you know, his game's pretty far away. And so we don't know how, uh, you know, several of these players might turn out, but he's got a good idea. It's really going to come down to, you know, those last probably three to four spots, in my opinion, um, because then then you really start looking at, You know, what else do we need on the team in terms of skills? And what do we know about the golf course? And uh, I don't know anything about the golf course um, yet. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's – but we hadn't really delved into that hardly at all yet. What about
0: this LIV? I mean, I'm sure you've talked with Zach. I'm sure you've talked with others about it. Um, DJ came out with a $125 million contract. I heard HUD was offered $10 a lot of stories a lot yeah. of could be true could not be true but just a lot of talk it's taken up a lot of media space yeah um any thoughts
1: well i mean I, th- I think my uh first thought is um it's just gonna be interesting to watch how it plays out yeah right um and i mean i see both sides of it in terms of the pga tour um and then in terms of um any any other tour really you know, I'm not sure how you can restrict a player and um, his ability to earn money uh, on the one hand, in the sense of every year they have to re earn their job. They don't have professional contracts like you do in the NFL or the NBA. But even at the same time, you know, the players in those leagues, they know they can't go play for the CFL or they can't go play for somebody else. And so, um, you know, I have not. Personally, looked into it like in depth with a player, a specific player, trying to um, weigh the pros and cons. But I I do think it will be interesting to see how it's going to play out. Personally, uh, myself, you know, I I wouldn't go off of a a contract of something that's starting and new unless I had maybe the money in the bank. Um, Not to mention, you know, who you're going into business with, and you got to be comfortable with that. And So without trying to make any sort of value judgment on it, I just think it will be interesting. And ultimately, I'll be surprised if it doesn't end up in court. I just don't see a way that it's not going to end up in court, which is, you know, not necessarily good for the game of golf. Um, But at the same time, um, I can understand both sides of, um, you know, the PGA Tour and the other leagues that are trying to compete.
0: Is is Dr. Mo Pickens. Always enjoy and always learn something after an interview with Dr. Mo. Next up is going to be artist Linda Hartow. You're going to hear more about her, and I know you've seen some of her photos if you've been around any of the golf pro shops. Who has the best deep dish pizza? Well, I know who it is, and you may not, but you might want to try it. CJ's Italian restaurant across from Parker's on Mallory Street on the island. Uh, CJ's makes their deep dish and their thin crust pizza crusts daily, along with homemade salad dressings, meatballs, and their famous hoagies. Also great apps, pasta dishes. They've got a great crew. They open up at 4.30 every day. You can check out their full menu and all their specials at CJ'sItalianRestaurant.com. Go in and see Graham and Ada, their eclectic decor. It's one of my favorite places. CJ'sItalianRestaurant.com. Good morning.
1: I'm Wayne Player. i am been a professional golfer for
0: 35 years. You're listening to the Back Nine Boys. And welcome back. Our next guest is Linda Harto, a landscape painter, artist, who has created some of the world's most beautiful paintings of some of the best and famous golf holes all around the world. Good morning, Linda, and welcome back to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show.
2: Yes, good morning, Rich. It's great to be here.
0: Well, it's great to have you back, and you have earned the, rec- the recognition of being one of golf's leading artists. And when you hear that, how does that make you feel?
2: Well, it's quite an honor, uh, obviously. I've, I've been doing it for an awful long time now, but <laughs> it's great to be appreciated at any time.
0: And one of your things is that you are very good at attention to detail, um, and that is one of your trademarks. Were you always like that, or is that how you always started out doing your painting?
2: Uh, yeah, that's pretty much been constant my whole life. Uh, even when I was a kid, I did very meticulous drawings and uh, so and paintings and things. So it's pretty constant. It's <laughs> pretty much me.
0: All right. You're the only artist commissioned by the USGA and the RNA to do original paintings and prints. Um, again, that is such an honor and I just can imagine when you got those calls, what were your thoughts at that point?
2: Uh, it was really the beginning of a lifelong career, uh, and both of those commissions came in 1990, so wow. I was just kind of starting out, then, so that really solidified the fact that that was what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life, pretty much.
0: All right, so when the USGA and the RNA call and they want to do a painting of the upcoming tournament, do you huh. travel there and how do you go what is your process when you go through it to in order to come out with your final product?
2: Uh yeah, I I would always go to the course and um, just try to discover, so to speak, and sometimes it's obvious which hole needs needs to be done, but uh, literally just experiencing the course and getting the feeling and the sense of place and deciding on uh, what hole really brings that through, so that people you know when they see the painting they they know where they are yeah. and that's that's a goal obviously, but then to find a hole that that golfers like, and also that I like, and then I have to find the right lighting, and even sometimes the right time of year to show that off at its best.
0: All right, Augusta National gives you a call, and they say, Linda, we'd love you to come out and paint the famed 13th hole, or whatever hole they would ask, and it's Augusta National. Is that a lot more pressure on you?
2: uh, No. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> I just have to find another angle, another lighting that gets me excited and uh it's not too hard to do, really, at especially at Augusta. There's just so many beautiful views of hole. I mean, I have I have painted the 13th hole about 5 6 times already. So it's it's certainly doable.
0: <laughs> so if you do paint the same hole 5 or 6 times, do you go at it from different angles or at different times yeah. of the day?
2: Yeah. Different lighting, a different okay. angle, uh, and you know, I photographed Augusta so many different years, and each time it seemed different. There was just something different mm. about the bloom, maybe you know, of all the different uh, dogwoods and everything. So it was always different. Uh, I, I thought it was endlessly. uh... There's just views everywhere.
0: So, when you go to Augusta, you have a lot of equipment, you have a lot of stuff that you need to take. The next time you go, uh, is there any chance that you could give me a call and I could carry that for you?
2: (laughs) You can't imagine how many people want to carry my (laughs) camera.
0: I can imagine. I can imagine. Boy, what a treat that would be. All right, some of you. It's
2: interesting that uh, this this year's uh, U.S. Open at the Country Club, uh, I actually. Was It was one of my first commissions after Augusta. When I started in 1984, I started getting calls from other clubs, and the country club called me, oh, I guess around 87, and they wanted me to do some paintings for the US, their U.S. Open in 1988. Right. So that actually preceded my commission from the USGA, so I've actually done 26 U.S. Opens, if you count that one. And I did did two paintings for them back then. So uh, it was one of my first uh, experiences outside of Augusta.
0: How long does it take to create, and I know they're all different, but about Mm -hmm. how long does it take to create one of your works of art?
2: Uh, Depending on the size, it could be three to six months. Uh, I mean, you've got time to go there, get reference material, and the painting takes a very long time because of the detail. Right. And then there's always production afterwards to do the prints. Uh, You know, it's just a long process for one image. So if I do three or four a year, I'm doing really good.
0: Okay. That was my next question. Very good. You're ahead of me. Some of your originals (laughs) are in the private collections of Jack Nicholas. Reese Jones, a friend of mine that I visited the other day, Guy Phelan. I mean, beautiful, beautiful paintings.
2: Yeah. They, um, yep. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I love doing them. And uh, I um, love the appreciation of them, especially. Even if it's just, you know, buying prints or whatever, uh, it's, it's very gratifying. Uh, golfers just love the images and and you know it gives them a feeling of what it was like to be there, or, or even if they've never played it, it gives them a feeling of what it's like to be there, like Augusta. I mean, not everybody gets to play augusta unfortunately. No, that's true.
0: that's true. maybe you could you know spread it out maybe between three and four people at Augusta. I mean you could really make a lot of great friends that way <laughs> right <laughs>
2: yeah um. Yeah, um, I I hope everybody will go to the website. Uh, oh yeah, please, please get us that. running our uh, <laughs> guess the winner contest next week for the U.S. Open, and giving away a limited edition print of the third whole of Country Club.
0: Okay, so give us the website. Everyone
2: needs to sign up for the email so they get notification and they can enter into the uh, contest. So
0: and and what's the website, Linda?
2: Is uh, just com. that's H-A-R-T-O-U-G-H.com.
0: All right, your goal is to paint when you go out there and, it, you know, you say it takes several months to do it, a lot of different processes, taking photos, talking to folks, yeah. getting different angles, different times of the day, et cetera. But your goal is to paint what the golfers see about that particular hole at that particular golf course. And right. That's just amazing to me because you've got to see it like they see it. So do you do a lot of talks with some of the golf pros or the general oh, managers yeah. at the clubs just to kind of figure out some stuff?
2: Usually if it's the first time I've been to a course, I usually get one of the pros to or you know, to just take me around the whole entire course starting from hole 1 just so I get a feeling and listen to them talk and ask questions and, you know, what do you think about when you see, you know, you think of your, this course, what's what's your favorite views, what's your most strategic holes? and then the members, too, they all have their feelings about what the best part of it is, so I just take all that in, And (laughs) and then... Concentrate on one or more holes, and and then find the right light for them and the right time of day. It it's a
0: process. Yeah, it is. So, do you have a meeting with the members when you go to a club?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, okay. so there's a special night with Linda, with well, coffee, tea, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and adult beverages and stuff.
2: Yeah. Depends on, uh, you know, sometimes the uh, painting is to be done to commemorate an uh, anniversary of the club or okay. some some kind of special event. All
0: right, here's a tough question. I mean, I was thinking about this, and I said, I wonder, wonder what, Linda, is there a place, a hole, a golf course, a club that you haven't done that you would like to?
2: Oh, gosh, many, many. Some I've even photographed uh, just just can't get to all of them. There's so many, especially in Scotland and Ireland. Um, And I've only done two paintings in Ireland, but I photographed, I don't know how many courses (laughs) and visited many, many of them.
0: So how many years in advance are you already scheduled? And, you know, if somebody called and said, I would like to have you do a painting, commission you to come to our club to do this whole, where are they going to be scheduled?
2: right now, my schedule for this year is full, but um, next year is open. Okay.
1: Okay. So
2: in the past, it's been variable. Sometimes I'm scheduled years ahead. Right. Back when I was doing annual paintings for U.S. Open and right. Augusta and the British Open, it was pretty much nonstop. <laughs> Yeah. There wasn't much room for anything else.
0: I can imagine. I'm sure you get uh, your hand gets tired after a while. But, Linda, <laughs> thank you so much for talking with us this morning. I always enjoy having the opportunity to talk with you and, more importantly, see your photos in many places that I go.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And You're welcome. You know, please enter the contest. It's really a popular uh, event, and we run those contests. Pretty much, you know, most major tournaments and even minor tournaments. It's just kind of a fun thing to enter into.
0: you got it. Linda, thank thank you very much. (laughs) All right, Linda Hartow, uh, thank you for being with us. Uh, Landscape architect, artist, and uh, I said photos and I should have said paintings. Uh, Just wonderful, wonderful work. Next up is Claxton, Georgia's own Paul Claxton. But are you looking for new clubs? Try the new Mizuno 922, 923, 925s to improve your game. Pick which one is going to work for you. These new Mizuno irons will help you reach beyond. And then take a look at the Mizuno driver, the fairway medals, the hybrids, I think are great. And you're on your way to game improvement. Try the new models of the Mizuno putters, either the blade or the mallet. Check it all out on MizunoGolf.com. Mizuno Golf, reach beyond.
1: Hi, this is
3: David Nedbetter, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show.
0: And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. Our next guest is a PGA Lifetime member from Claxton, Georgia, who I met several years ago at the Rex Hospital Open in Raleigh, North Carolina, playing in a Pro-Am. Good morning, Paul Claxton. How are you?
3: Good morning Rich, how are you?
0: I am doing great. By the way, I just got to tell you even though it was several years ago, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed playing with you at the Rex Hospital open when well, I we did that. It You've was got a fun. good
3: memory that was a long time ago.
0: <laughs> it's not that good of a memory, but I did remember that. So <laughs> talk to us a little bit about uh, what just happened to you recently. Well, last year winning the senior PGA professional championship. How important and how did you feel after doing that?
3: Well, it's our national event. It was the national senior club pro and there was about 300 senior club pros all over the country. And it was a, a great tournament down in Port St. Lucie, Florida, at PGA golf club down there. And, uh, uh, I just happened to have one of those good weeks where things came together, and I played well, and I ended up winning in a playoff. And uh, any time you win a golf tournament nowadays, it's a great feeling. But to win a national-recognized event like that, it was a, a big thrill for me. And, uh, you know, any time you win, it's a great feeling. And uh, just, you know, it's a great tournament and um being back in the heat of the battle and having the opportunity to come down the stretch and hit the shots to win a golf tournament is a big thrill.
0: Well, you've always been a great ball striker, uh, but this time you won on the playoff hole with your putter. You made your putt, and the guy you were playing missed his. So you putted very well during the tournament and especially on the playoff hole to win.
3: Yes, sir. Anytime you win a golf tournament, you know you're chipping and you're putting. You know that's always what gets you over the edge and you know what makes the difference. And and I switched putters that week and pulled one out of the closet that I hadn't used in a long time, and it it uh, happened to be uh, exactly what I needed that week. And uh,
0: I put it back in the
3: closet after I won. So Did it you hadn't really? Well, after that,
0: so. why? Why'd you put it back in?
3: That's the way uh, putting goes, you know. It, it, uh, you only rent it for a minute, as they say.
0: <laughs> you know, one of the things that you and I talked about previously is you do have a lot of putters. And I talked with Parker, your son, and I said, do you ever know that your dad throws away any clubs or anything? And he goes, oh, no. And I said, "How many putters does he have?" And he goes, "I have no idea, so i 'm going to ask you how many putters do you have
3: I've got probably at least five hundred and what i don't like to get rid of them because each one has a story so uh and for some reason, I can remember uh crazy things about clubs that I've used in competition, and so anytime I pull a putter out, I can remember a a story or a tournament that I lost more." <laughs> more than anything, or a putt I missed that cost me something, you know, with almost every one of them. All
0: right, so what if Parker comes to you and says, hey, Dad, you know, I'm not putting really well. Can I borrow one of your putters?
3: (laughs) Well, he does that on a regular basis.
0: (laughs) So his putter also goes into timeout quite a bit.
3: Oh, yes. (laughs) I've got a collection of circle tees, and he believes that, that he is going to all of a sudden become a great putter because of the putter. And I tell him all the time that, you know, you you change putters because, you know, of your alignment. You know, you, you need to look at something different every now and then. And so that's really the only
0: reason. You know, I do that. And a lot of guys that I play with say, why are you changing putters? And I... I just think sometimes a different view, a different alignment, a you know, a mallet to a blade, I mean, maybe you concentrate more, maybe the feel's different. That's
3: right. I think just changing it up and things aren't going well, you've got to change it up and that's why they have a bullpen in baseball. When those pitchers aren't throwing strikes, you've got to bring in somebody who can.
0: I like your thinking. I like your thinking. All right, you've played in one on the on the pro tours. The win you just had at the Senior Club Pro, uh, how does that stack up to some of those on the on the tour?
3: Well, anytime as we get older, um, you know, you always wonder if you can still do it, if you can still make that putt, are your nerves good enough to hold up down the stretch? And so I think as we get older, the wins, you know, don't come as often, and they're very special, you know, when you get you know, over 50 years old, to be able to stand in there and make a five-footer when it counts, you know, it's a great feeling, and it gives you confidence, and, you know, it lets you know you still got it.
0: With the win, you qualified for the Senior PGA Championship Club Pro down in New Mexico. How will you prepare for that, and will you go play the course, or at least go look at it prior to playing?
3: Uh, Yes, I will, and I'm looking forward to it. It's a new golf course for us. I've Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward and I'm going to go out a few days uh, early and play a few practice rounds and get comfortable on the course and hopefully go and, uh, have a good tournament and, and hopefully I can defend the championship and play well.
0: Are you going to take a caddy or are you guys allowed to take a caddy?
3: We actually get to ride in carts. And so I'm very happy about that.
0: Whoa, Whoa, there are some advantages, aren't there?
3: Yes, sir. When you turn fifty you get to ride in a cart every now and then. Not all the time, but some of the time.
0: All right. You were named twenty twenty two Georgia PGA Pro Player of the Year. Uh great honor. Your thoughts.
3: Yes, like I said, the older we get, any time you win a golf tournament or you get uh recognized for you know, doing something good throughout the year, it's uh it's a great honor because you know, you just you're always wondering if you know this is going to be your last one and you know can you still you know stand up in competition and hit the shots that you have to hit and so I think though they don't come as often but it's just nice to know that you still got what it takes to get across the finish line and so I feel very fortunate and humble to you know be recognized and still great to have places to play and uh, tournaments to go play in, so it's been fun.
0: Well, speaking of fun, I ran into one of your uh, college friends, uh, UGA, uh, Chip Champion, wanted to remind me to say to you that he wanted to say hello and congratulations.
3: Well, thank you. That's, uh, I appreciate you letting me know that. Chip's a good friend of mine and a former Georgia Bulldog, so it's... Uh, it's always great to hear from some of the alumni.
0: You bet. All right, on the putters, do you ever do a tour of your of your warehouse or your house, where you have all your clubs, so you know people can see what it's like to have 500 putters?
3: Uh, I normally do not. I try to keep that a secret so nobody knows about it. But uh, every now and then, somebody will come in and need something, and and. Uh, I usually let one go every now and then to a good junior that I feel like has potential.
0: And how do you pick the ones that you're going to use for that particular week that you're going out?
3: A lot of times it depends on the kind of greens, the, pay, you know, the speed of the greens. Bermuda, I like to have a putter that has a little more loss when I'm on Bermuda. And when I'm on bent greens, I usually like a little heavier putter. And uh, so I've kind of, I always carry three or four with me every week. So uh, I have some different options. And if one's misbehaving, I always have something to to fall back on.
0: The putter's misbehaving. Of course, it's it's not the person using it. It's the putter, correct?
3: That's exactly
2: right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I told you that I played golf with your son, Parker, a couple weeks ago. And I asked him who he takes golf lessons from, you know, who's on his team. And he said... It's all you because you've done everything in the game. I mean, you've been up, you've been down, you've played on this tour, on that tour. How does that make you feel that, you know, your son just has you and you love, I'm sure, helping your son improve his game?
3: Well, it's been fun seeing him improve, and I'm glad to hear that he does uh, – Tell people that he listens to me because when <laughs> most of the time I'm helping him, I don't think he's even paying <laughs> attention. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's kids. That's kids and parents. Come on.
3: That's right. But I am glad to hear that he claims me. So. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, but uh, I feel like I've had you know, I've experienced everything that he's trying to go through, and and um, I think it's a uh, an advantage to you know, have someone that's already walked down the trail that he's trying to go on. So um, I try not to to do too much, but any time he asks or wants to know something, you know, I'll let him know the experiences that I've had.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what he's relying on is because, uh, you know, he said, you've been there, you've done it, and you've had every mood, every change, every kind of golf course. Uh, You've had great days, bad days, and there's a lot to be learned from that.
3: That's right, and I tell him all the time that, you know, you don't learn all that much when you win. You learn the most from when you fail, when you lose tournaments, when you miss cuts, and, and those are the times that you have to really uh, reevaluate what you're doing, find out what's going wrong, and, you know, try to correct it and, and uh, try to work towards having one of those weeks when everything does come together.
0: Well, I must be learning a lot then because uh... – if, if you only learn when you have bad rounds or bad days or missed cuts, of course I don't miss cuts, but I have a lot of bad days. <laughs> that's right.
3: <laughs> well, hopefully you can correct some of those things, and uh, that's what I try to <clears throat> do for Parker more than anything. is just His fundamentals and his golf swing are pretty good, and so the mental side of the game is what I've really helped him or tried to help him with the most.
0: Well, we're gonna talk about that a little bit, but Paul, we gotta take a quick break, which I'm sure you understand those. We'll be right back with Paul Claxton from Claxton, Georgia. Right after this on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show.
1: Hi, I'm Jack Nicholas the second of Nicholas Companies, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show.
0: And welcome back. I'm Rich Styles. We're live on the phone with Paul Claxton. And uh Paul, just before we took the break, we were talking, you mentioned the mental state. You know, skills are one thing that you have that you really never lose, but sometimes you lose the confidence that you need to have in your golf swing, what you've done before. So how do you help your son uh, maybe not go through some of the things that you went through while you were on the tour?
3: Well, I'm a big believer in you have to go through that. There are no shortcuts to learning confidence. There are no shortcuts to becoming a great player you have to experience the lows and you have to learn about yourself and that's what I tell my son all the time I said I could tell you you know what works for me but what works for me may not work for you so you have to go through those experiences and and uh, I just I really believe there are no shortcuts to becoming great at anything
0: great advice Parker told me that uh, he's going to be an incoming freshman at Georgia Southern working under one of your uh, friends, Coach Carter Collins, who always has great things to say about you. So how are you advising Parker going to Georgia Southern as an incoming freshman knowing that they've you know, got some of their players from last year coming back? He's going to be number 12 on a team that, you know, that has five travelers that go to the tournaments, and he's got to kind of play his way in. So what are you advising him to do during these first couple of years?
3: Well, I'm very excited about his opportunity that he has there at Georgia Southern. Carter Collins is doing a wonderful job. He really
0: is. Great guy.
3: And He's a great coach and a great golfer, too. Yes. I think that's just a wonderful combination for, you know, Georgia Southern to have a guy that talented that can, not only coach it, but he can play also. And I think that's a huge advantage. And um, I feel like for Parker, uh, heading to Georgia Southern, that he's he's going to be playing against uh, some of the top players in the country. I think they've got two returning uh, guys that are going to be seniors, and they're both very good players. And, and uh, I think that he's going to have to get in there, and he's probably not going to play very much his first year. And I told him that he's going to figure out real fast if he, you know, wants to, you know, make it in college golf and then maybe do something after that because uh, he's going to be playing against some seniors that already know the ropes, that, you know, know the courses very well, that he's going to be qualifying on and it's not going to be easy. And so there are no shortcuts to, you know, making it. He's just going to have to get in there and, work harder than everybody else and it come down to how bad he wants
0: it. And speaking um, of how bad he wants it, Paul, when he's in tournaments and I know he's been in some, will you go watch him? And if so, does that make him more nervous or does that make you more nervous?
3: Well I've always asked him if he likes me to come or if he doesn't like me to come and you know, I don't want to do anything to put more pressure on him because I know there's, you know, enough pressure there but right. on yourself when you're playing golf, and so uh i try i I'm not able to come to everything he plays in, but I do try to come you know several times you know two or three times a year to watch him play when i can and um I feel like I've seen him play some really good golf and and I'm very uh excited about the opportunity that he has at georgia southern and and I could not be. Uh, more pleased with, uh, you know, handing him off to Carter because I know he'll be in good hands. And uh, Carter can mold and shape him and do things that, you know, I may not be able to because I'm his dad because he doesn't always listen to me. So I'm hoping Carter can uh, maybe kind of polish up the areas that I may not have done a great job on. so.
0: Well, I'm sure you've done a great job. Uh, one of the questions, all right, out of all the wins on any level, which one stands out for Paul Claxton?
3: Well, always the last one, you know. <laughs> I've always told you, anytime you can win, uh, longevity is, you know, one of the things that, uh, uh, you know, people judge golfers by, you know, I've won in my twenties I've won in my thirties I've won in my 40s and I've won in my fifties so oh uh, boy I feel like that you know I just want to keep going and see how long I can do it
0: well I just love to watch you play I mean you're just got everything down what are you doing now in Richmond Hill we've got about a minute left
3: I am the head pro and the general manager and the head janitor and the head range picker and <laughs> I kind of do a little bit of everything. I wear all the hats at, at the club uh, there in Richmond Hill, Richmond Hill Golf Club, and it's doing fantastic. It's a nice facility, and we've got over 500 members, and we're a fully private club. And uh, I'm kind of doing a little bit of everything there. I'm teaching and uh, just very excited about uh, the direction that our club is going in and we're growing and uh would love for you to come by and see me sometime when you have some time.
0: Well, I will make time to come by. I will call you and let you know. We'll set up a time. I will come up. And uh, as far as lessons, I just don't tell me to go play tennis. I just I'm trying to improve.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to uh, I try to leave you with one with one thought that might can help you. And uh, uh, I know how it is. It's a frustrating game. Yes, and, it is. Uh, the hardest thing i've ever tried.
0: You bet. Paul, thank you for being with us. Always enjoy talking with you. Have a blessed day.
3: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay, Parker. Is his son, Paul Claxton is him from the oh, just a great guy. Love it. Thanks for listening on the Back 9 Boys Golf Show on ESPNCoastal.com. With Rick Styles. Go to BackNineBoys.com for all things golf whenever you want it. We'll be back next week with an all new Back 9 Boys at BackNineBoys.com.